What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another edition of State Champs Extra Points, the one time I get to wear my extra point shirt. <laughs> so since we don't really have that show anymore on TV. so uh, But uh, it's great to be here. Uh, John Kidd is not here today. He has a day off, but Scott Bernstein, Matt Mowry, I'm Lauren Plant. We are here. Kevin Trzynski on the ones and twos, keeping it down. Yes, exactly. Uh, you can pop in once in a while. You might hear the voice of God every once in a while. Uh, I do want to tell you this sponsor that the sponsors of this fine program, Lawrence Technological University, another 65-0 win against Eastern Michigan's club team this week. Uh, so they are off to uh, an incredible start. Uh, they actually uh, have a bye week this week, so they're not going to play, and then they go to Northern Michigan. So that's going to be next week. And Coach Duvendeck used to be at Northern Michigan, so they set that. Are up. they playing Northern Michigan? I think or the they're club? Playing, No, I think they're playing Northern Michigan. Okay. You know, so yeah, this that will be their first real dose of reality. Uh, and the MHSA is also a sponsor of this program. Uh, MHSA.com. That's really where I go uh, for scores, schedules, especially for football. If you uh, you know want to kind of get updated, I, I'd say that's usually your best resource. Obviously, you know, having a, a large Twitter timeline on Friday nights will get you all you need to know as well. Uh, but uh, Hungry Howie's also uh, is the sponsor of the program. Uh, go to doughraiser.com if you need to have any kind of fundraiser. It's super easy and uh, it's been a great program and we're really the only group that promotes it. Uh, so I think it's something you should check out if you need to do it. And, um, and again, you'll be helping out state champs and we can keep doing more of these shows. So Games featured on State Champs TV this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about those right now. <clears throat> you can watch them on our website, statechampsnetwork.com. They're all up. Uh, you can check it out, uh, you know, of course, on uh, individual game clips or the full show on uh, YouTube. And uh, Facebook, Twitter's got all that stuff, too. We kind of throw it everywhere. So uh, this week we're going to do our Week 5 recap. We're going to have Matt Mowry's rankings updates. And we're going to talk about some former star standouts who had uh, a great uh, weekend at the college level. So uh, we always want to kind of update you with what's happening with some of our former uh, superstars of Michigan high school football. So let's start with Chippewa Valley and Macomb, Dakota. Chip Valley goes to 5-0 and uh, in Matt's recent rankings. He's got them at 7 uh, in the state right now. They took on a Macomb, Dakota, who drops to 19. Uh, they are 4-1 and on the year now as they lose 24-17. to they, they rallied in this game. Yeah. yeah. So this was myself. This was... Uh, Sean Belisian and it was Matt Mowry who predicted this one. You thought to the Toko Magic would work. Uh, and again, good game, uh, you know, and they rallied, but uh, it was too little too late. Yeah, uh, you know, Chippewa Valley is just kind of a machine right yeah. now and, uh, you know, just kind of checking off, uh, you know, the for the schedule. Who, you know, whoever you're putting in front of them, they're beaten and uh, playing really good football. And like I said, I, I, I anticipate this team uh, putting together a long run. You come, said uh, they would lose this yeah. one, but they would not lose until, another one. Until, until Ford, Field, yeah. Ford Field, yeah. So are you revising that part of the prediction? or Well, I, I or just... Or should we just not trust your predictions <laughs> now at all? If anything, it should embolden the yeah. fact that uh, they're playing at, yeah. at the Division One level about as good as anybody. Well, yeah, and this is a team that it certainly is not one that, you know, for all that their record is unblemished yeah. and, and gaudy-looking... 
it's not a team that's not been tested. I mean, week yeah. one they had to, to beat a tough Celine team on the road. That Eisenhower game was into the fourth quarter before it was settled. This game was obviously came down to a defensive stand at the end. Those are the kind of tests as you go along. Yeah, you're going to have some where you have, you know, your star sitting on, sitting on the bench in the second half, and that's not, you know, ideal, but you certainly build depth that way. But this is also how you get ready for the playoffs and you get ready to make a long run by, by running a gauntlet like this and getting through these games. And certainly, you know, it always helps if, if you're one of those teams that you maybe get a wake-up call at some point and you get upset. But these are these are mini wake-up calls, too, where you get, you know, a team takes you right down to the wire. And so it keeps your kids invested all the way throughout. And these are the, the, the kind of games that make you better for the playoffs. Yeah. Too. Once again, you can watch the highlights right now at uh, our website, statechampsnetwork.com, or on social media. One of the things I really like about uh, Tommy Schuster and the offense is that Marcel Lewis had a catch, a nice catch, actually, in the touchdown for a big guy. He, he was, he's when I athletic. Noticed, two years ago, when I noticed Marcel Lewis, the first time I saw him, yeah. I, I noticed him as a tight end. Right, right. And then they're like, no, no, he's being recruited as a, as, yeah. as a, as a linebacker. Right. Right, and then uh, Chenault and Kimson, you know, that that both had touchdowns, and they, you know, again, they kind of, yeah, yeah, they just they're distributing well. Yeah. Everyone's getting in on the action. So, yeah. how do you game plan for that when well, it, you're not just you dealing with one? You want to take this away? We'll go here. Yeah. You want to take that away? We'll go there. Yeah, it's 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 a little shell game that they can play with that offense. And yeah, you're right. The two-headed running back uh, attack, and then the Schuster and tight ends, and David yeah, you've L, got David the whole Ellis. yeah, and David Ellis. Obviously, you can't leave him out. And yeah, it's it's a lot of weapons that that uh, Scotty Merchant has at his disposal this year. Yeah, Mark Toko did have a good game. Yeah. I mean, he threw for over 200 yards. Sure. He had 59 on the ground, uh, and you know, again, I think these two will probably meet in the district finals or something along those lines, uh, and and do it again. And we'll just see uh, Warren Mott's next up for Chip Valley. This is not a Warren Mott team that's as I, th- I think has been as good as it has been the last few years. Sure. Um, and that's a crossover, right? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 yeah. Mac, the MAC goes into they kind used of a crossover. Red, yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody steps out of their yeah. divisional play yeah. this week for, yeah. uh, for Dakota should, should do well against Utica, Utica Ford. Ford. I, yeah. I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. But uh, again, uh, congratulations to Chip Valley. So uh, they are, uh, again, uh, they, they're still at seven. You know, you've got them kind of locked in right there, but a solid top 10 team. And it's hard to move anybody up and yeah, down when I nobody know. in the top 10 is losing at yeah, this point. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Detroit Cody and Detroit Mumford was the game that I went to. This is a very interesting game. So, obviously, they play at 4 o'clock. So, uh, it was a beautiful day, uh, but very, very windy. So, um, you know, I was I didn't know if they were going to be able to throw the ball as much as they did. Uh, Tosh Stewart had a, a good game for Mumford, but Cody, you know, kind of uh, had a um, uh, Mumford came within like six points right at the end of the half, and then it was on the and I don't have this play because the the, the scoreboard was screwed up. The the uh, Marker didn't switch over on the fourth, so they had him lined up on one side. So I go all the way over to shoot another angle, and then I go behind. So anyway, uh, Alexander White had a 69-yard touchdown uh, run that I just didn't get because I was from behind, and it just it was a mess. But uh, he had a really good game, and um, uh, but I will give all the credit to Mumford. They were down two scores with uh, last 10 minutes of the game. They came back, scored with 37s. They did not lead the entire game. Uh, it was a big win for them, and they have. Uh, I didn't realize this at the time. They've beaten them the last, like, four years. So uh, it's funny because Coach Norman for Cody, 
you know, he's like, you know, he and Don Show English are best friends. You know, he's like, but he's like, but not today. <laughs> and there was a lot of trash talking going on right. before. The, it was great. It was just a fun atmosphere. And the Cody kids were, were fired up. I mean, you got to, you know, you got to put Taj Stewart in that conversation for uh, one of the best playmakers, one of the best quarterbacks in the PSL. Obviously, people know about Daquan Finn and yeah. they know about uh, Jalen Graham yeah. and, and the new kid, uh, Sebastian, at, at Cass. They yes. know they're starting to know a little bit more about Renaissance's uh, Raekwon Beal, but right. but you got to put Taj up there. Right. In yeah. that in that same category. And he's electric. You know, he can, he, he, you know, he's a kid that, um, you know, uh, throws you know from the, from the tape that I've watched, um, you know throws really nice mid range passes. Yeah. Uh, he can he can dink and dunk you. Uh, he can beat you with his wheels. And then you know if if, if you let him, he's gonna he's gonna beat you on the uh, with the deep pass. Yeah, it was. Uh, if you watch the highlights, and you can at statechampsnetwork.com, uh, he had some really nice balls uh, in the clutch. You know, running kind of that no huddle kind of offense that they were doing at the end, the hurry up. And uh, threw some beautiful balls. Yeah, he, I mean, there were some nice catches, but he put it where they needed to be. He rolls out of the pocket real well. Yeah. And, um, he was real efficient, and it was like 11 of 14, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, okay, uh, another big game. Big game that... Uh, this, was a, this was a statement game. Yes, Davison yeah. and Grand Blank. Very much so. Yes, so it was, uh, it was you and I who took uh, the cards yeah. in this one. And uh, they went in, and again, you can watch these highlights... Uh, just put on a clinic. Davidson's playing as well as anybody in the state right now. Yeah, right? they they went forty nine to seven to stay undefeated. And you know we've talked a lot about uh, Cannon Hall, but a guy that I want to shout out that I noticed in week one um, is their running back Mike That's Jamerson, yeah. who came over from I believe Flint Kearsley. Okay. Um, and you know he's a guy that's. Uh, um, you know, he, he's fleet of foot. He's a, a change of pace guy. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he can get it between the I tackles. I watched him at the PKC. You yeah. can see he's got, and he's he's sli- got talent. He's, yeah. he's, he's slippery. slippery yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, he ran for uh, buck 60 and, and two touchdowns. And, um, you know, you add that with what Cannon Hall can do with his arm. Uh, he had f- four touchdowns. He right? was th- th- really impressive. Yeah, you watch the highlights. Cannon Hall was running that show. You know, and again, in it's, a hostile environment. Yeah. And that's a kid, again, we, we keep talking about this week after week. We have these guys who are just putting up numbers left and right, and Cannon Hall is probably somebody yeah, who at least we've got to keep on the, on the you know, the watch radar. for the watch, watch this list kid could for Mr. Mr. Football. football. Yeah. yeah, This kid could, you know, again, I've said this a number of times, but everyone gets caught up in the hype about the Division One offers and the Power Conference offers. Cannon Hall is going to Northwood, and I could to first. Russell, I believe, right? No, no. Does he go to I, football? That's what Does I he, thought yeah. when I first talked. To uh-huh. him, but he's like, no, I'm going no, there to play quarterback. Um, when I man, when I first talked to him uh, this year at the PKC, um, I-, I could see this kid, you know, being a star in the GLIAC yeah. and and going to Northwood and and becoming a starter there, you know, by his sophomore junior year and 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 really making an impact. Those are the kids that blow up in the GLIAC. I mean, yeah, yeah, you still have the guys who are you know the prototypical size and and you know specimens, but you have those guys that are maybe a little bit of a you know square peg who don't fit the mold necessarily, but are players and they go to the yeah. GLIAC. Brian Kelly made a killing on those kind of players. Yeah, yeah. he was at Grand Valley. Yeah. Oh, oh, you you have a large chip on your shoulder. Yeah, Would yeah, you like exactly. to come take that out on the rest of the <laughs> yes. league with us? And you're a really oh, yeah, good sure. football player that's being yeah. ignored by the bigger programs. Right, right. Just because you're not we'll six take, five, yeah, two we'll fifty. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it was very, very impressive. And uh, D- Davison is, again, when we're talking Division One, boy, I'd like to see a Davison Chip Valley matchup yeah. at some point in the playoffs. That would be and, and pretty exciting. You know, again, we've talked about it on the show before. You know, you got a team that 
had to overcome the loss of their coach, yeah. mm-hmm. who had come in and you know instilled a culture there, and uh, and Coach Zim, Coach Weingarts comes over here and is just yeah. you, you talk about not missing a beat. I know, and in, in improving on what you've already yeah. the foundation you've already laid. People thought they were going to take a step back because of. Tariq Reed not being there. Correct. Well, that, they lost that's not a lot. Happening. And it wasn't just him. They yeah. lost a lot right. of players. They were replacing then, a lot of people. And then, I mean, again, I, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself for people that have seen the show, but every time we talk about Davidson, I keep bringing this up, but they have like 23 kids on the roster. Right. They're, I mean, they're, 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 they're under 30 kids on the varsity yeah. roster. Right. And so you've got a lot of kids having to play both ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that, that speaks to the, the, the ability to train, the ability to prepare, their stamina. Right. Um, so it's just you know, real credit to what Coach Weingarts is doing there. Well, and I think the thing that's surprising is not that, that they're undefeated at this point because that you know, could certainly have happened. I think we all thought that was conceivable at the beginning of the season. We thought it was less than you know less yeah. probable. Yeah, yeah. But, to be undefeated, I right. wouldn't have gone there. But the margin of victory, I, I think that's the part that just makes you go, yeah. what? Yeah. Because I don't think we expected this one to be a lopsided game, kind of no. like we also didn't expect Grand Blanc Carmen Ainsworth last week to right. be a, a lopsided game. Right. And these are the ones that are kind of separating. Now, Grand Blank's got to play Lapeer next week, and then I believe after that, or maybe in two weeks, is, okay. is Davison Lapeer, yeah. which will be the showdown. Yeah. And obviously, Lapeer's got to get there undefeated, and Davison has to get there undefeated. But that's going to be a scrap. Yeah. You know, and which is and, great. This yeah, absolutely. You for the playoffs. Yep. And, that's and that's, we, we talked about the, the, and Grand Blank is not. You know, a bad team. Yeah, that they're came not going to go away. They just—they've been, you know, knocking people off yeah. in the same fashion. They're not going to go away, and so at this point, they get the chance to play a little bit of spoiler and get themselves right back in the race. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that Saginaw Valley League South with yeah. those four teams. I mean, Carmen Ainsworth at this point, not a bad team, right. even though they got, you know, took a couple of losses in the last couple of yeah, weeks. and even if they finish yeah. five and four, can still get in the playoffs because of the quality right. opponents. and that's. You like it when your conference brings in, especially when you're adding new, you know, and we saw this with the KLA East when they brought yeah. in those those teams. Same, you like it yeah. when, yeah, yeah, coaches shake their heads about, oh, no breaks in this schedule, but that's what stuff that makes your team better. As long as it doesn't beat your, your team right. into submission I, with injuries, yeah, that makes you better as in the long run. I agree. You have to say, what do we want to do? Right. Do we want to, do we want to play right. in the state semifinals or right. something like that and feel that? Well, then this is what you have to do. You have to learn how your team can get up every week because mm-hmm. once you get in the playoffs, it's winner die. It's, it's you know winner yep. go home, and uh, every opponent is going to be a great opponent for the most part. Uh, sometimes you get a, an escape something early, but after that, you're playing good teams who are playing good ball. So it's a matter of wills at that point. So uh, yeah, all the credit to them. Uh, Kent City and Morley Stanwood was a game that we had on the show. We wanted to see Kent Stan, uh, Kent City, and wham, did we see Kent City? Uh, you mentioned Geo Weeks and yep. uh, what he uh, has been doing for them. Uh, five touchdowns, 241 yards, uh, 42-7, just solid. I mean, and this kid, uh, again, now he's the school's official all-time leading rusher all time with three thousand over 3,000. He he does it efforts effortlessly. 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 <laughs> it's well, in the he's, morning. he's a track kid, too, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Fast, and his fast. line was providing yep. nice holes for him, and he hits it and he runs with it, literally. Uh, but uh, just a uh, solid 42 to 7 win. Uh, again, on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, these teams are doing it on the road for, for Kent City over Morley Stanwood. 
Yeah, that's one of those two where you, you get the the teams that might come up and challenge the big dog, and yep. and if you're the big dog, you don't want that team to even get a moral victory out of it, and and you know hang around and have it be a game that you have to eke out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. When you can just kind of reach down and put your hand on you know the the opponent's head and keep them from even getting a swing in on you, that, that's. It, when you can win a game like that, start to finish, and that's a team that you figured might challenge you in the league. That that yeah. again, like Scott said about the statement game, that's a statement when you win by that margin. Yes, the Central State CSAA yes, yep. Activities Association. Well, with um, you know, Geo Weeks uh, surpassed the the record that had been set by a guy by the name of Mike Hallman. Mm-hmm. So you know, shout out to to him, and you I know, guess. the record stood, and and now yeah. you know, records are made to be broken. Absolutely. But he obviously was a uh, it's a uh, hell of a career, 3,000 yeah, 3, yards. Yeah. And he's not yeah, even done. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Especially in this day and age of the yeah. spread. And yeah. And then defensively, um, guys like Evan Jones and Max Hudson look real good for uh, Kent. Uh, uh, I was about to say Kent State. Yeah. Kent City, uh, they both had, I think, uh, eight or nine tackles apiece. And okay. Evan Jones is also uh, their running back. And, and I know that he, he scored on the ground. I don't know if we talked. Do, do we know what division Kent's? City is in. Um, I mean, we can look it up. Yeah. Uh, you can look it up. I'll move on, and because uh, I'm just curious as to where they would roll. But again, another West Side team right. that uh, has got a lot of great, great teams uh, this season. So, uh, Dewitt and East Lansing got together. Um, Sean and and Matt got this one right. You and I thought East Lansing uh, would would hold up at home, and Dewitt. Came out a thirty-seven nothing win. Talk about a statement win. Yeah, and another one of those. Yes, this was huge. The CAAC Blue uh, Division was kind of up for grabs here, and Dewitt took it. And again, their defense, four turnovers, uh, forced on a, a pretty good East Lansing team. Um, they just uh, they came out. They came out of the gate with maximum velocity, just yes. you know, really uh, imposing their will on on East Lansing. And- Again, you know, made a statement. They, they blew their doors off. Well, and when you don't allow your opponent to score, yeah. they haven't given up a point in CAC Blue Play. I wow. mean, there's, yeah, it's, when when you're and, this and is that's the new their, dog, they're yeah, the new guy. They're they're, they're the win. new ones coming yeah. in, and yeah. and granted, we, we talked about I think in the preview show last week about their tradition, you know, of of, of winning and the, their streak of conference titles. But obviously, you don't want that to end the first year you move into a new yeah. domain, so to speak. They kind of wanted to go in and announce their presence with authority, right. and and they certainly did that. This was a, a fastball high and tight to the rest of the league, to use the uh, yeah. baseball analogy. Well, and you reference they had never played in the regular season. Yeah. So uh, they played done some, played in the playoffs. So yep. Beginning the rivalry this way, it's going to be uh, uh, real fun to see the bulletin board material next year, uh, or if they meet in the playoffs, which very well could happen. Um, so, again, you could watch those highlights at statechampsnetwork.com right now. Grand Rapids South Christian uh, went to Hudsonville Unity Christian, and uh, this was uh, the th- you were the outlier in this one. You felt that uh, South Christian, I think, would win in this one. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, we, we we took this one. Uh, Hudson Bay Christian won uh, convincingly, 38 uh, to 14. Yeah, and that that this was a interdivisional game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that now that now when Unity Christian goes back to that green division, that's gonna be fun for the next couple of weeks because you've got a, a Unity Christian team that's five and zero, two and zero in the division. Yep. You've got a Zealand East team that's four and one, two and zero in the division. Zealand West is four and one, two and zero in the division. Yep. So the next couple of weeks, you've got uh, you know Zealand West and Unity Christian play this week, and then. Um, it looks like in three weeks it's Unity Christian, uh, last week of the regular season, and Zealand East. So that'll nice. be, you know, if you get there. Yeah, those are fun when you get those those three, four-team races sometimes in a division, you know, and and, and you can get uh, that, that divisional race goes right down to the final week of the season. That's fun because yeah. when it's over three weeks in, you know, yeah. that's that's not nearly as exciting a, a, a race to watch. Well, you think about it now. you got all these 5-0 and o teams now. They just need one more win. Right. They're guaranteed yep. to be in the playoffs. They can begin to really kind of look ahead. They can refine things. They can work on depth. Um, you know, they could bring some kids up from JV that, you know, might want to get a, a chance and see kind of where they're at. So you're in a real good position and uh, – you know, for again another West Side school that uh, playing really good football and really good. Football. Uh, you know what I liked about that you know uh, score sheet when I looked at it was uh, the balance. They scored on offense. They scored on defense. They scored on special teams. Uh, I believe the scoring got started when um, Noah Sorensen took a punt back, sixty-five yards, and uh, yeah. it, you know the route was on and yeah. and uh, just you know like you said a lot of really strong football being played on the west side of the state and they could give metro detroit a, a real run for their money for you know you know uh, west side east side uh, bragging rights right right so you can watch all those highlights at statechampsnetwork.com all the games we just talked about are there uh, some other games of interest that took place during uh, this weekend a week five of the football season, Livonia Churchill, Livonia Franklin. Uh, you guys were all on the Pat Town train. You should have known it was a Patriots weekend to get uh, yeah. disappointed. Uh, I was the only one who felt. You were on the also Brooks train. I stayed yeah. on it. I stayed on it, and uh, they went and had a, a win, although this was a shootout, no doubt about it. 41 to 35, Churchill wins at Franklin. Again, always a great atmosphere there. Uh, and. Um, you know, really, again, I said in our previous podcast that Churchill needed this one more. Yeah. Uh, they're both now three yep. and two, uh, but Churchill really needed this win. And uh, the game we'll talk about next, you know, with, with the results that took place there, um, I think it, uh, it just shows that uh, I, I wanna... th- we're, we're seeing, we're seeing uh, parity right yeah. now, I think, oh, across certainly. the KLA. I just wanted to um, note also Brooks' numbers. Drew okay. also Brooks, yes. uh, church quarterback. quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep, baseball star. Yep, yep. Uh, his brother was the the quarterback a, a few years ago. Went to Eastern Michigan. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, you know, great game by by baby also Brooks. Uh, Twelve of sixteen uh, passing, one hundred and seventy yards, three touchdowns, yeah. then ran for sixty five yards. So it's a big boy too. Yeah, I mean, he's solid. Mm-hmm. He's put together well. Yeah, he's like six yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, two two ten. Right. Two, yeah. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. Great, uh, I mean, I, great performance by Also Brooks and, and, and by Churchill to uh, you know come out uh, come out ahead in that shootout. Yeah, and yeah. He, had, he had two really good quarterbacks. You know yeah. him and, and Calbert, yeah. uh, Jake Calbert over at uh, Franklin, who led led his team into the state finals last year. So. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was like uh, you know the, the shootout, the OK Corral, two yeah. gun, two gunslingers coming at coming at each other. Uh, uh, you know, taking ten paces, turn around and 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 and, and pull the trigger. 
And uh, also, Brooks' trigger was a little faster than Calvert's trigger this week. Yes, it was. And you mentioned parity within the divisions. And I think when they brought in, you know, some new teams into the KLA and they kind of shifted who was in the East, who was in the West, I think what you ended up with, even though it was primarily done for geography yeah. uh, reasons, I think what you ended up with is two divisions that in and of themselves uh, have a lot of parity. Now, if you're looking at East versus West, I think East is probably the tougher division, and I think you saw that a little bit in Week 1 when they played crossovers, and you'll probably see that again when they play you know, the crossovers during the, the championship week yep. where, where the, the East will more than likely be you know probably on the winning end of most of those but it's nice when you have in the divisions you have that east has got a lot of teams i mean a lot of teams that can beat each other up you could it could have been one of those we all thought belleville was you know just from a talent standpoint maybe the best team in that division but i don't think anybody thought that they were light years ahead of anyone i mean dearborn fordson's right there they just moved into the rankings this week and yeah. both you know both of the oh, livonia schools yeah you put them in yeah and well i, I told them <laughs> no, I to know, be patient I know yeah and, and and now's their time right and it but yeah it and it could be still it could still be a divisional champion that has one or two losses. I mean, it, no one is is thinking this is going to be a cakewalk for anyone going through. And you just look at the results in in these matchups week to week, and you you see how close these teams are, talent wise and and you know skill wise. Right. Well, Ch- just uh, one more note. Sure. Churchill, uh, in addition to. Also, Brooks in that high octane passing attack, they got a really, really good running game with Daryl Mason, and Mason ran for 115 and two scores. He, you know, he's been looking good um, running it up between the tackles the last couple weeks. So, you know, Churchill's only three and two, but you know, they, they, they could be one of those teams that that catches fire and, and is real dangerous as we uh, head towards the you know stretch run of the season. Right, and uh, you know, as we flip to the KLA West now, obviously we had the top two dogs, Brighton and Ken, getting together. Uh, and this was going to be really, you know, went, I went to overtime. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. It was just, it, it was the battle I thought it would be. Sure. Uh, again, I, I was on the Stevie Wonder train, and uh, you know, he, Mr. Walker. I don't, I don't have, I don't know what his numbers were in this game. He was about one thirty, someplace in there. Okay, um, it, it, very good game, but yeah. it was one where definitely that was the key. They were, they were making sure that they had all eyes on, you know, trying to and. And as you've mentioned before, it's so hard figuring out who has the ball. I was running into the same oh, problems yeah. you were oh, running yeah. into. And, you know, even on the goal line where there yeah. are only so many options, it's still hard to figure out where. But Brighton's defense did a very good job of bending but not breaking. They let you know they let them have a couple of big plays but not many. You know, let them chip away at it, chip away at it. But it, it really turned in the in the third quarter when Brighton drove down the field, got a chance at a field goal, tied it up, and then on the ensuing kickoff, pop-up kickoff that got muffed and they recovered and they went deep on the very next play and it was one of those sudden change and you stick the knife in as fast as you can and they got a touchdown there to go up, you know, to go a 10-point swing from being down 10-7 to up 17-10. And then they were kind of holding on by their fingernails for the right. rest of the game. And they had uh, – Canton had a shot. They drove down the field. Interception on the goal line. You know, Brighton was able to wear some time off the clock, got it down to about two minutes. And then it forced Canton into a situation where they're not real comfortable in trying to run that kind of two-minute. They still tried to run the ball. They still were effective at it. They managed the clock about as well as you possibly can when you don't have a wide-open passing attack. And they score as time 
ticks off the clock to send it to overtime. And then it ended up in overtime being a big interception by yeah. Zach Hopman. I mean, that was the second yeah, pick of the game. Second pick of the game. He did a really good Darius big play slay impression and oh, uh, nice. came up with two really big picks, including the one that set up the game-winning score. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of funny. they kind of playing off the uh, Miami turnover chain. They have a big, huge, since they're the Bulldogs, they have a big, right. huge dog tag that uh, he oh, gets. Nice. Okay. So I asked him how long he was going to get to keep that, and uh, apparently it's back on the shelf today. But okay. two interceptions. Awesome. Yeah, he, first first overtime, the Brighton wins the toss, goes on defense, and chooses to see what they're going to have to do, and Hopman intercepts the third down pass. So, you know, at that point they could have kicked the field goal. But like you mentioned, that win on Friday was pretty – pretty iffy yeah. so since it was blowing across they decided okay well let's see what we can do you know before we decide to kick that field goal to win the game and uh will johns who's been you know one of those starting to started, catch fire right, starting to get on the radar uh, started to get on the wise. radar when they when they lost in week one to belleville um runs it around right end on the very first play so yeah it was a couple of times where one play drives you know especially because Canton was just chewing the clock all game long. I think they had a 17-minute to 6-minute advantage in time of possession in the yeah. first half. It was just it was like the Lions you know, last night. Yeah, yeah, it was it was the same game plan. Keep <laughs> keep the other team on the bench, but Brighton was able to capitalize on those couple of opportunities with a couple of quick strikes and they, you know, go ahead and then they in overtime they they well, tell you the what, first play. I give all the credit to Brighton in this and for this case because this was huge for them because uh, and when I say this, maybe you'll agree. This could literally, if they had lost this game, this could literally be the, the, the backbreaker. And the reason I say that, in week one, Belleville has to do it at the, in the last yep. seconds yep. to win that game. Yep. Brighton should have won that game. Yeah. They blew it at the end. Here, Canton ties the game at yep. the end of regulation. And if they lose this game after, like you had said, even though Canton had kind of dominated possession, Brighton should have won the game, right? Uh, Then it would have been, you know, I think pretty devastating. But instead, they moxied up. You know what I mean? And they they let that score happen. They didn't let it deflate them. They went out, got the pick in overtime, next play, win the game. That's how you do it, drop the mic. Well, and that's what I asked Coach Lemons. I said, how hard is it to keep your kids up, especially when you choose your defense is just out there for a long drive, give up the game-tying score, put them right back out there. How hard is it to get your kids? Because that could be, like you said, that could be deflating. And it gets in your head. We have trouble finishing. We have trouble closing games. Right. And he said, we've been here enough. Because if you recall, we talked about it in the preview show, Two one-point losses last year, two three-point losses right, last year, right. and it was and really the Canton right. game was the one lopsided one, and then the Belleville game yep. at the beginning of the year where he said we've been in the situations yeah. the kids don't flinch anymore. Right. This is kind of they're kind of used to this, so they just kind of went eh and yeah. went and won it like yeah. you said. They did it. So good for them. Good on them. Uh, big big win for uh, Brighton as they kind of take uh, the the control a little bit of the West. Uh, they've got a. Uh, you know the the they stay four and zero in conference and that and that's huge for them and uh, I think what they've got coming up next is they've got Northville, Northville. Uh, yeah coming up this weekend and Nor- you know again you you've kind of got Plymouth Northville and Novi at the bottom mm-hmm. of the division right now uh, all kind of sitting at three two two three Novi just one and four I mean them 
got blanked by Plymouth this mm-hmm. weekend, so that was kind of surprising. I expected them to be better. Um, but again, all those teams, even a Salem team, can come up and bite you. So yep. KLA across the board, pretty good. We'll see how those teams translate to the playoffs. Jackson is 5-0 and on the year. They go to Chelsea and win 29-20. Uh, Scott and you uh, got this one right. I, th- I thought Chelsea might pull it out at home, but Jackson clearly uh, one of the teams that uh, is to be reckoned with. When we talked a little bit about you know new teams coming into a conference like DeWitt moving up and you know and, and challengers, Grand Blanc is another one moving into a new conference, wanting to make a statement. Yeah. And Jackson was kind of that same way because Chelsea had been the big dog on the block. Right. And if you get a chance to. You know, go in and and steal that big dog's bone. Yeah, and huh. and it's been we mentioned first first four and zero start in a billion years right. for Jackson. First five and zero start I think since the fifties. Wow. So yeah, it's it's been a long time since they've had this kind of success. Making Tony Dungy proud. Yeah, wherever he is right now. <laughs> yes. Is that where he could? He could he, that's where, he, he, that's where he grew up. And yep. the, yeah, that's the, right. The, I grew up the, there. I didn't know the stadium is called Tony Dungy Stadium. Where they play, uh, I'd like to get out there. That's for sure. Yeah, that's uh, again. Yeah, was, he was uh, a quarterback, by the way. Yes. and then he yes. changed a uh, defensive yep. back for the yep. uh, when he got to college. In the yeah, they had some. I'm just kind of scrolling through their their history, and they had some lean years. Yes, yes. Uh, Jack, lots of lots of L's in the '60s, yep. '70s, '80s. So you know how exciting. I mean, especially when you when you're in a in an area that you know is dominated by Jackson Lumen Christie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, they've uh, kind of up and down in the 2000s, but uh, now, you know, again, yeah. uh, doing a really nice job um, the last uh, couple of years. Well, I mean, they, they just won four last year, but yeah, 5-0 and oh is, is, is amazing. They take on a good Ypsilanti-Lincoln team next yes, week. That so, will be a big one. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to be yep. a, a real interesting matchup uh, and, uh, in that battle of uh, that area. So uh, good on Jackson. Paw Paw went to Three Rivers. We all took Three Rivers. Uh, three Rivers. You know what? I is t- five and zero. Oh. Uh, I'm looking right now. Tony yeah. Dungy did not play at Jackson. Okay. He played at Parkside. Okay. Okay. Which probably doesn't exist anymore because I've never heard of it. <laughs> so well, the stadium I know is called Tony yeah, Dungy Stadium because cool. I've well, covered some for the, uh, for the area playoff yep. games. There. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, but again, Three Rivers goes uh, twenty-six nothing. Uh, they take care of Papa and uh, Papa Fossa three two. Um, and he played quarterback in college, not defensive back. He moved to defensive back in, in, in the, the pros. pros. Got yeah. it. Played quarterback at Minnesota. Three Rivers. Just wanted to just wanted yeah. to, to check my check <laughs> myself. I, I agree. It's all, right. all good. So, what do, yeah, three Rivers with the dub, five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. And, uh, Playing good football, wi- yeah, and and it, the Wildcats, yeah, it's going to be a couple weeks before the real showdown is not not this week, but next week between Three Rivers and Edwardsburg, right? And actually, Three Rivers won that game twenty one eighteen last year, so that's kind of what we're we're setting but then up. Then lost to them in lost the playoffs. in the playoffs, yep, in the district finals. So we're kind of setting up for that collision course between the uh, D four powers there in in. in uh, in the Wolverine Conference, the Wolverine, Wolverine Conference, like Conference. we like like we talked about, you know, with with the Downriver League, where it's it's big enough that every single week you're playing um, a, a divisional opponent or a conference opponent. So there's no out of conference play for these guys. So they've been playing since week one, but third straight shutout for Three Rivers, and they've given up 28 points on the season. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's real good. That's real good. So uh, yeah, we're, we we do have some, you know. Uh, quite a few five and O teams that yeah. uh, 
yep. are, are making a lot of noise. Well, and they, go they, ahead. They, well, they and they had a nice um, subplot to to their game too. They they, they returned their quarterback uh, Jalen Hyvland, I think yeah. you pronounce it, and uh, he came back and uh, only threw uh, you know over two hundred yards and um, a couple touchdowns. Was sixteen of I think twenty two. So uh, he he missed the previous two weeks yeah, for I think he was uh, week two. Yeah, the previous couple weeks with an injury, and he came back and it was like uh, you know making up for lost time and. Uh, you know, uh, you know, sh- shook that rust off pretty quickly and, and started uh, uh, dissecting secondaries and yeah. uh, or, or, or dissecting defensive backs. And uh, you know, so you know, they they got their their leader back, their signal caller back, and you know, five and zero, oh and you know, uh, nothing but uh, blue skies in front of them. Yeah, yeah. They had a little preview last night. Of uh, talked a little bit about the rivalry with uh, Detroit Catholic Central and Birmingham Brother Rice. Yeah. Uh, we've had Keegan Kohler on our watch list yep. for the Mr. Football race. He did not disappoint Saturday night as he climbed over 100 yards again and a couple of scores. Uh, we keep him, you keep him at eight yeah. in the rankings, but uh, anytime you beat your rival 21 nothing, you shut him out. Uh, first time in, what is it, 28 years? Yeah, Something since like that. 1990. Yeah, 1990. It's the first shutout in the, yeah. in the series since uh, yes. 06. Six, I yeah, believe. first time, but that was oh, Rice. Nine. Yeah, that was, oh. that was Rice shouting out CC. Right, it just doesn't happen in no, this matchup. No, you yeah, know. well, yeah, this was the sixth time I think I went back and counted that they'd ever shut that CC had ever shut out. I think it was Rice. six. I think it was yeah. six. Yep. So clearly, uh, Detroit Catholic well, Central and is playing great ball, and Rice is trying to figure some things out. Yeah. Scott and I were both there, and it was 21 nothing is almost deceiving, but yeah. not maybe for the reason you think. It could have been a lot more, and I think that's just because, you know, CC left some points on the field. They turned it over twice in the red zone, yeah. once on the goal line, like on the one-yard Twice yard on the goal line. Wow. Twice on the goal line. Once was going in from about the nine-yard, and then they they set it up, and they, they got a timeout right before a fourth down play, right before the half, forcing Rice to punt, block the punt, pick it up. It looked like they may have gotten got in, in the end zone, but it was ruled down on the one, so they hurry up, get up to the line, run a play so they can you know punch it in and fumble it again. And so they, they knew that there were a lot of things from that game they still need to clean up, but... It could have been a lot more. Rice didn't make it across midfield in the second half. Yeah. I mean, at no point were they in any, any, you know, threat to to break that shutout. The nice thing for CC as you as you watch them the last couple of weeks is obviously they too have had to make a, a change for injury at the, at the quarterback spot and Jack Benno has been thrust into a role where you know he's not going to have to do a lot. It's he looked CC really still, and he looked really solid. He did. He did. Made a couple early errors in mm-hmm. judgment that yep. didn't end up. You know one. Uh, one was an interception yep. uh, in in the red zone, but other than that, you know they, they were they were not uh, they weren't they weren't backbreakers. And yep. he uh, he I had him tallied for about 170 yards mm-hmm. in the air, and someone that is you know uh, just moving around in the pocket, and you know someone that is elusive uh, can 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 throw on the run, um, someone that is just kind of plucky. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a guy that doesn't seem intimidated by his circumstances, right. and because uh, that's a some, hostile environment, well, especially for a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, and and, and we we're here. To- we're hearing also from what uh, you know, 
kind of building on what I said last week um, or questioning whether or not Marco Gendrich is going to be back. We're hearing now from the CC people that he will probably make it back before the playoffs. Okay. So uh, it's, it's not going to be a, a season, season ender sure. for Marco. Um, but, you know, if anything, if this game, in my opinion, what I saw on Saturday gave me confidence that even if Gendrich doesn't come back, mm-hmm. um, Benno can you know, come in there and still uh, you know, keep that team on track for, for a deep playoff run. Yeah, and talking to Coach Anderson after the game, and as well some of the seniors, Ryan Burney and, and Kagan Kohler, both talked about the the maturity growth that he's had over the last three weeks. I mean, obviously, when he comes in for injury in the middle of that you know game against Toledo Central Catholic, it's already starting to get out of hand, and then he's thrust into a situation, you know, not not totally unprepared, but didn't expect to have to go in and play, and it, it you know that's one of those that goes pear shaped in a hurry on them. And then last week he gets a chance for his first start, and and the seniors kind of said, hey, coach wanted us to take him aside and say we'll get you through this. And then this week they didn't really have to do that as much because he's, you, you can already see kind of the the confidence growing in a kid that you know is now two and zero as, as a starter, which is pretty nice. Two and zero as a starter, and for a CC quarterback, two and zero as a starter with a win over Brother Ice, yeah. right. pretty pretty on nice road, to have on, on the, the road. Resume. On yeah, the road. absolutely. Not at the Elm. We know it's going to come down. I would say at this point you could pretty much kind of peg in at CC and, and De La Salle in, in in the Central. They're going to meet on October twelfth. Actually, Warren De La Salle has Davison the week before, yep. so that's going to be an interesting be matchup. Yeah. Uh, CC is going to Ohio to take on COF Academy this week. Uh, no I think idea. That's at home, but yeah, it's a brand new program. Oh yeah, yeah, I think they're at yeah. home. Yeah, yeah, brand new program that's got kids from all over the place. It's one of those that is a little bit of a head scratcher. Where you know, how are these kids getting there? Like what, an yeah, IMG yeah, kind of thing in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that'll be interesting. So uh, you know, and there'll Col- be some recruits out yeah, there. Yeah. So uh, Keegan Kohler had yeah. a, about a buck thirty yeah, around right there, there rushing yep. two touchdowns. Um, I was just really impressed uh, by you know. A, a, a kid that doesn't look like that much, uh, doesn't look that shifty when you first gaze at him, and then right. you watch him run, and he's zigging and zagging and and dipping and diving, and and we talked to uh, Coach Anderson after the game, and he said he's just got excellent field vision. Yeah. He sees, sees plays developing field. before, yep. uh, you know, and, and is able to read his block so well, and 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 see things kind of before they transpire, and he can react to them in that way. And uh, just you know, looked really strong. He's he's gone over four hundred. Sorry, he's gone gone over a hundred yards in four, four of the five yeah. games. Um, and then um, Ryan Bernie, you know, I'm going to nickname him the Bomb Squad. This kid blows up everything in his path, <laughs> no matter whether we're talking offense, we're talking defense. <laughs> uh, you know, he I've, I've said it before. He reminds me a little bit of of a Jason Alessi from a couple years back with Brother Rice. Just one of those kids that you know is is such an X factor. And doing it uh, with, with, with his mind as much as he's doing it with his body. Just one of the smartest players you'll find um, back in the secondary kind of quarterback in the back of that defense for Catholic Central. Um, I think he had eight picks last year. This year he's already had a handful. He re- he's already returned. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's. Re- I know he, re- he returned a fumble, I think, yeah. for, a, for a touchdown. 
um, and an interception for a I touchdown, so. I think, yeah. uh, uh, a couple weeks ago uh, across the border. He had his first offensive touchdown of his career um, in the second quarter on Saturday, caught a, a pass from uh, Jack Benno, uh, mm-hmm. capitalizing on a interception, interception uh, by Sammy Baydoun's twin brother. We didn't even realize that there was a twin brother, but Nazim uh, Baydoun, um, you know, picked a ball uh, uh, in, in Rice territory and set that touchdown up and Ryan Bernie's, you know, is an All-American uh, lacrosse player going to follow in his brother's footsteps, going to to, uh, to UD Mercy. But um, such and Bernie's name synonymous with Rice, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that John Bernie, you yeah, know, uh, which is, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he was that's his father. Uh, or, I'm not. It's, it's it's closely related. Yeah, um, and then a couple of his brothers have been quarterbacks for. Uh, uh, for Catholic Central, mm-hmm. he's the first one to to, to play solely on defense. Yeah. Um, but all of his other brothers that I covered ended up playing yeah. lacrosse at, mm-hmm. at, UD, uh, at UDM. Um, and then guys like uh, Lucas Hendershot, uh, their all uh, all Catholic league um, defensive lineman, was collapsing the pocket, and he had a big sack in the second half. And um, they were just they, they, they were really getting uh, uh, a, a lot of production across the board. And uh, like Matt said, you know, it was twenty-one nothing, and probably could have been thirty-five nothing. Yeah. And 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 Catholic Central is is really often running with with a squad that uh, can can do a lot of damage. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a team with the running game and the defense. They can probably beat seventy-five percent of the teams in this state. Yeah, just flat out. There you go. What's going to take them past and being able to move into the playoffs is you know whether Jenner comes back or Benno gets to a stage where they feel comfortable with him being able to beat teams because there will be teams in the playoffs that they won't be able to beat with just those two items, and they'll have to have that passing game. And whether it's Benno who grows into that role or it's Genrich, but uh, that, that will be the X factor going forward to see how much they can develop that and how, how quickly that all comes together. And Brother Rice yeah. just needs to figure some things out on offense right now because they're having a lot of trouble moving the football. Um, it just seemed like everyone was, was keen on Colin Gardner, who is, you know, is is a superstar of a football player, mm-hmm. but if you have you know defenses knowing that you're really the only guy that that can hurt us, you know they can run their you know scheme towards that, yeah. and and uh, it, Coach K didn't seem that worried about it when we talked to him about that after the game. He said he didn't really see anything schematically that that was bothersome to him in mm-hmm. that regard. But I, I was on the sideline with Catholic Central, and you could hear yeah. them saying, like, just bottle up Gardner, and you right. bottle up their whole offense. And everything was to the perimeter. They really couldn't get anything going up the middle. They really couldn't get anything, you know, any running. All the running yeah. was to the outside. So, yeah, yeah they really need to kind of figure out a way to, to get some north-south going. Yep, and if CC keeps playing defense like they are, they're not going to have to worry about doing a whole lot of scoring. No. Just uh, get in a couple times, you're going to be all right. Final game before we go to break, Granville and East Kentwood got together at East Kentwood. Uh, this was, I think, the game we expected uh, in terms of having a, a tight battle that went down to the end. Uh, 37-30 was the final. East Kentwood gets the win. We all picked East Kentwood in this one, especially after the I said the Blakely Ballers were going to win, and then then Keontae Blakely made me look smart and got the the game-winning touchdown. There you go. Well, and, and for the most part, it, it, during that game, it wasn't him. It was the quarterback Kyle Dent, who really hasn't gotten a lot of a lot of play. Who kind of it, it was one of those Granville's got that that ground and pound attack, and they were really possessing the ball, get up sixteen nothing, and you know 
basically East Kentwood hadn't even touched the ball at that point, you know, and then and Dent brings them back from that. They go ahead, then Granville ties it up, and then, as you said, Blakely gets the game winner. Um, Shane Baker, I think, had four rushing touchdowns for Granville. That Granville team, I mean, it's just if you want to rank two and three teams of how good they are in the state, they're going to be the top two and three team because you look at who they've played, and they have played a murderous schedule, yeah. and they've been in every game. They yeah. have not gotten blown out. Right, yeah. Clarkston, De La Salle, yeah. uh, Forest Hill Central, you know, at the at time, that time was, they, to yeah. come back to win, and now play the, the only one. The, Grand Haven was the only yeah. team that was on, and they put 73 points up on them. So, yeah, Granville's is, is doing just fine, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you, you got to play who is in front of you, yep. and uh, East Kentwood right now, sometimes you just catch teams that are playing yeah. as good as anybody, uh, you know they'll have Hudsonville ne- next week. Kentwood had that just one lost to Jenison. Kent, so. Kent, Kent, Kentwood had that yeah. one bad game. Yes, they did. Yeah. And yeah. since then, yeah. since yeah. the Mona Shores game, but as we said before, that's the the further East Kentwood goes with this run, the better that looks for Mona Shores at the beginning of the season. Because I think we kind of figured that East Kentwood was maybe the team that Mona Shores right. you know has been right. yeah. throughout the season, the, and that the was consistent just, one. Yeah. And East Kentwood has all of a sudden come back to where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Right, and that was a uh, 48-38 game. Yeah. Yep. So you know anybody's ball game, and again Mona Shores is five and zero. Right. So you know. They are and doing it impressive fashion. Yes. Like you know, they just yes. came out for forty-one nothing win yes. over uh, Kennewa Hills. So, um, so anyway, that is uh, our recap from uh, a very exciting week five. And again, we are definitely starting to see the pretenders and the contenders separating themselves. And a lot of really good football. A lot of teams uh, doing really well through the first five games. Uh, now it's going to get real interesting uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, you're going to see teams, of course, next week, lots of them confirming playoffs mm-hmm. already. Yep. Uh, and, uh, again, that's always um, you know a great position to be in uh, when you hit the middle part of your schedule already be inked into the playoffs. So we are going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to go over uh, some of the changes in Matt Mallory's rankings, some of the movement, and kind of some of the non-movement and just kind of where things are kind of bottled up uh, towards the top. So that's where we're at. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I want to be a dermatologist, and though a lot of universities tried to recruit me for basketball, Lawrence Tech had the science curriculum that I wanted. LTU Southfield Campus is a great place to learn, and the classes are small enough that I don't have to wait for office hours to talk to my professors. They're usually right by my side, challenging me and guiding me toward a successful future. Lawrence Tech. Possible is everything. You ready, Darius? Let's do it. Anybody want to autograph? Autograph? We're here for the stuffed crust pizza. Stuffed crust pizza? Hey, who do you think you are? End in the line, pal. Flavor fanatics love stuffing their faces with our stuffed flavored crust. Get one for only $2 more on any large original round pizza. Hungry? Howie! 
All right, thanks for coming back to Extra Point. Uh, we are going going to now get into uh, Matt Mowry's top 25 rankings in the state of Michigan. Uh, we we're going to be talking about uh, also a little bit later in the show uh, some of our former high school football stores, stars and what they're doing at the next level. They had some big performances this week. It's kind of one of those things I wanted to uh, – we talked about it a few weeks ago. I wanted to do it uh, just so, you know, there's always guys that uh, you remember uh, and, of course, we remember in high school, and it's always great to see when they are, are making a dent uh, at the collegiate level and beyond. A lot so, of fine recollections of yeah. of a lot of talented kids that yeah. have come through the, the mitten and then have gone to wherever they've gone and, yeah. and made a lot of noise the college level and then even, you know, uh, you know, going for, forward past that into the pro level. Yeah, and I think we're going to see many more pros now because yeah. we've got a real good group of, of kids that uh, are making big dents yeah. at, their, at the collegiate level that could have an opportunity at the next level. So uh, the final level, as it were. Uh, all right, so Matt, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of the, I believe the top 10 didn't do a whole lot of shifting. I think it was top 13 okay. all one. So, yeah, okay. it's one where the last couple of weeks it's just been kind of go down the list, yeah. all those move on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Yep, you did drop Canton out of the top 25. Canton dropped out yep. of the top 25. Hudsonville's um, out. Hudsonville at, lost yep. their first. Grand Blanks Grand out. Black yep. out. So yeah. you lose and, one game, right. you added a 25. Well, and that's, those are ones that we said. There, there's, it wasn't like it was a probation, probationary period, but right. they still, they, were, they had really big games coming up so they were they might be you know in and out kind of things and and they're still right on the cusp too they can certainly move back in if they knock off somebody else but it was time to get dearborn fortson in there they they have been you know right on the door and part of part of the reluctance to put them in was not that i didn't think they were a good team because i saw that right at you know the opening week against howell that that's a team with a lot of weapons and a lot of speed but you kind of look at their resume, and they'd done what they had to do, but they were also beating some teams that were kind of the the, the lower division in, in their own you know conference. Yep. And, but they've just they've motored on. They've yep. kind of you they've know, got did, Belleville next. Yeah, and that's the big one, and that's the one that they've been pointing at too. Yes. That's that's the huge one. Yes, they will jump um, a lot of slots if yes, they win that game. Yeah, that's that's the one that that, that they really get the uh, the opportunity to to make some noise. And you, you mentioned that the next couple of weeks, next week is kind of about all of those five and O teams getting a chance to get into the playoffs. There are quite a few pretty big games, but it seems like the really yeah. big games are or the week the after. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this Belleville Fortson one is definitely yeah. near the top of the list of about you know ten or so that I really identified as these are key games for either divisional races or for you know kind of a, a, a postseason. But yeah, that, that Belleville Fortson one. Yeah, gonna that's going to be good. Yeah. Well, you know, and and again, it's so hard yeah. to 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 pull teams out, put teams in. Again, if you lose one game, you can be out. You put Mount, Mount Pleasant into yep. the thing, but if you look at your 10 others to keep your eye on, you got 5-0 and South Lion, who you know is chopping five at the and pit. 5-0 oh Jackson. 5-0 oh Jackson. Swan Valley's 5-0. and oh. Jackson Lumen Christie's 5-0. Yeah. and oh. Paywama Westphalia's 5-0. Yeah, and oh. Lothrop. New Lothrop. Edwardsburg. Edwardsburg. Yep. I mean, Gross right Point South. Gross yeah. Point South. I mean, Not that's getting no... any love after beating Warren Mott. Yeah. By a ton. Yes. And yeah, that's it's it's a lot of teams that have been knocking on the door, and you know, Fortson's been knocking on the door for a couple of weeks. Mount Pleasant's been knocking yeah, on the door for a couple of weeks. And for this, all those choices, why Mount Pleasant? 
Well, and Mount Pleasant kind of is in the, was in the same boat as as Fortson a little bit in that you look at their opponents and if you stack up the win loss records of their opponents, they aren't as great. They're not in that SVL South. Yeah, in the SVL North. North and and Mount Pleasant's key games are coming up where the next couple of weeks they have Midland this week, okay. also unbeaten in, in divisional play, and I believe down the next week okay. or the week after. Yeah. I would have to look that up. Right, but base with. With Mount Pleasant, basically what I looked at was their defense has been absolutely stellar. They've allowed 22 points this season. People That's allow crazy. that in a five quarter. Games, yeah, yeah, five games in, they've allowed 22 points. And they allowed Bay City Western 77 total yards in their game, a 41 nothing shutout uh, to go 5-0 and for the first time since 2011 for Mount Pleasant. Yeah, long um, time. 77 yards. 66 of that came on Bay City Western's last drive when you know Mount Pleasant had the backups in. So at that point, they had held them to 11 yards. Right. That defense, and we talked about uh, Tyler Huneman early in the season, one of the defensive factors on that team. Now, they're going to have to prove it over the next couple of weeks if they want to stay. They have the the two Midland teams, which are probably the, the strength of the Valley North or the, or the Red Division with them this year, and it's kind of a, a, a prove-it couple of weeks. I mentioned this to somebody else um, a couple of weeks ago. Back when I was up in Mount Pleasant and we had the rivalry between Alma and Mount Pleasant that had dated back eons, and it was, it was unfortunately, it was a little lopsided at times toward Mount Pleasant, which is the bigger school. Right now, Mount Pleasant 5-0, and Alma 5-0. and that would be fun if they were still playing for the oil can. Unfortunately, conference restrictions with right. Alma being in the TVC and yeah. Mount Pleasant being in Saginaw Valley, they don't play anymore. But if they could unretire that oil can for one year and play a, you know, a grudge match again, those were fun games to cover, those trophy games, and that one was, was very fun. But, yeah, Mount Pleasant has been most impressive with that defense. And Jason McIntyre, who took over that program, uh, a number of years ago, has really turned a program when when they were stuck in the Mid Michigan B or Mid Michigan A and kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was one of those where they were just kind of a, a square peg, and it wasn't doing anything for them, you know, playoff wise. Because every once in a while they'd sneak into the playoffs and then just get bombed, even though they had a pretty good talent. And now that they're in the Saginaw Valley League and they're really getting kind of it rolling. Jason McIntyre has 300 wins now. He got that earlier in the mm. season, and that's been a program that's made a couple of runs towards state finals sure. and state semifinals over the last couple of years yeah. in a in a league that all of a sudden you have to rise up to the competition of the league. Instead of playing, you know, when they were back in the mid-Michigan A, they were playing a lot of smaller schools that they should beat, and they were beating them, but it didn't really make them any better. And now they've kind of had to rise to the, the level of the Saginaw Valley, and it's really helped them. So we'll see over the next couple of weeks how that how that helps them. Brighton's another one that moved in. Um, they've got a, a yeah. you know, They've got to kind of hold serve the rest of the way to to play their way into the KLA championship game. And and Fortson, as we mentioned, has the huge one with Belleville. So they have an opportunity to control their own destiny on the field this week. But all three of those are, you know, kind of the ones that we moved in because they were the ones knocking on the door. And now they've got to now they've got to figure out how to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got Cast Tech still one, you know, Muskegon still two. Uh, Again, Muskegon. you know, led twenty-eight nothing after one quarter. Forty-nine yeah. uh, nothing at the yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. sixty-three to six final. I mean, you know, Cast Tech outscored their opponents one eighty to seven. You have here over. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, so you know, it's just they're just. But Cody will be a, a better game for Cast Tech this week. So sure. Uh, you know that will. Um, 
you know, they'll have to they'll have to play hard. I mean, I still <laughs> better as they'll win by four or five touchdowns yes, instead of I six mean, or seven. I mean, you know, um, most likely. No disrespect yes. to you know, the yeah, Norman Nasties over at Cody. That's right. So, uh, you know, Belleville sitting at three. That's that's a solid three. Mm-hmm. Um, there, were, there weren't even a whole lot of, of games in the top ten where teams really got yeah. tested. Clarkston, you were at that game, Scott. They had a pretty good game, but again, did what they had to do and and you know got past uh, yeah. A&T at the end. Um, Chip yeah. Valley obviously had Dakota. Yeah. Uh, Catholic Central had the grudge match against Rice, but De La Salle had a pretty easy game against St. Mary's. Oak Park had a relatively easy game against Athens. You know, the King and Cass both had relatively easy games. Belleville had one that um, was was an easy game this week after having had quite a few of them up till that point that have been closer. Right. They kind of had the, you know, able to relax and, and, and have a relatively easy game. But, yeah, it, yeah. Another, another one that's coming up will be River Rouge-Harper Woods yeah. this week, which is going to be a fun one. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the prove-it game for River Rouge. Yeah. They've had kind of a an easy slate yeah. of the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I will say, you know, the the last thing we'll talk about here before we go to another commercial is, uh, you know, Clarkston going to Southfield mm-hmm. and and winning, you know, thirty one twenty. We t- uh, we talked about Anthony Rompf a little yeah. bit in thirty twenty one. Oh, was it thirty twenty one? Yeah. Okay, uh, that's all right. Twenty seven twenty one, late in the fourth quarter, and Clarkson had to kick a field goal and then stave off a drive by A and T. Uh, uh, late. And we'll get that corrected. Yeah. Not a problem. It's it's it's. Uh, but, but anyway, again, we talked about Anthony Romph a little bit in the recruit report with f- Allen, and uh, you know, so you know, he had a good game. This was the first time that I've seen him. <coughs> you know, there was a lot of hype about him. Yeah. In the off season, um, first game of the year had some growing pains. It was his first varsity start, and then I hadn't seen him for yeah. for three 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 weeks or yeah. four weeks, and. And uh, he was as advertised on Friday night. Um, He's got a great motion. Yeah, you know, you know? He, he, he threw. Looks the part. He threw for 240 and three touchdowns. He ran for 100. His 240 and three touchdowns could have easily been close to 304 touchdowns because he had a 40 yard, what looked like a surefire 40 yard touchdown, which was just a perfect pass. Uh, falling into the hands of a of a receiver a, as he was crossing the goal line, and Josh Luther, the defensive back for Clarkson, made the best uh, play of a cornerback that I've seen in, in five weeks. Where at the last second, this with his tippy, <laughs> with, with the tips of his fingers, just you know, flicked it away, yeah. and that, that would have made it a, a, a just a field goal game in the fourth quarter. Um, but but you know, so you take that away. Yeah, he mean, also had some drops. Yeah, just great game from Rob and, and something really to build on. And going against that kind of defensive yeah. line mm-hmm. and yeah. the pressure he was going to get, that was going to be the real. How is he going to handle that? And apparently, yeah. he stepped up his game. Granted, in a loss, but everybody loses the collection. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. They get it done. But I mean, they Three had field goals. Uh, really, that ended up being you know yeah, by Tristan really Matson, one of the best kickers in yeah. the uh, in the state. We talked about him, Matt and I, in our, our rundown video last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about a kid who's just cool, calm, and collected. I mean, he's coming in there, you know, kicking – he kicked a 42-yarder and a 45-yarder and just like, you know, he's like making a Rocky Four reference. He's yeah, like yeah. Ivan Drago, just, you know, just just ice cold coming out there. Just I another day – Just another day at the office and uh, – 
Just no, and that's huge, huge, huge for the weapon. Playoffs. Yeah, I mean, big come weapon on, for man, Clarkson. That's going to be you know. And then Jake Jensen's getting better every week. Uh, the senior signal caller for, for Clarkson. Obviously, yeah. they got the two-headed monster and Jake Bullett and Jake Honstetter in the backfield. They both went over 100 yards again, yeah. um, rushing. But you know, Clarkson is just again. Uh, it, it should you know really shouldn't be a surprise. No, Kurt Richardson I'm does not such, surprised such a great job, and you know, I'm on the Wolves bandwagon. I'm not getting off. I'm riding that I can train. just I can foresee this team, you know, putting together another run and, yeah, and being not? at Ford Field and uh, uh you know, Matt was getting grief from game. some people <laughs> earlier in the year for, for ranking them and you know they don't My just like last and IQ were being questioned. Just like yeah. last year, yeah. you know, they didn't they don't there is have some merit to that. Well, least, yeah, I mean that. if you're gonna question it question it about something else though. You know, in terms of <laughs> upperclassmen, they don't have any really college recruits at all. No. Right. Um, you know, they got the two blue chippers, the sophomores, Dellinger and Spindler. But just like last year, you know, th- throw those 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 stars after the uh, after the rankings, the three stars, the four stars, just throw them out the window. It doesn't matter. Clarkson's just a great high school football program. Yeah, and I don't think they're really going to get uh, tested. I mean, mm-hmm. Oxford has just came off uh, a loss. They only put up eight points. Yeah, to Rochester Adams, yeah. who, who we like, yeah. um, but you know, Clarkson beat Adams pretty thoroughly. Yeah, uh, Oak Park's the final final yeah, week. Oak Park that'll be fun. So that'll yeah. be fun. So Clarkson Oak Park will be be a good one to really kind of see where yeah, they're at going in. Interdivisional game, so yep. no no meaning other than just get us ready for the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and see, and you've got to play. You know, there's nothing better, and I love that they do these games because they always end up working out, mm-hmm. uh, having a really tough game before the playoffs, so that you're battle te- You really feel like you're heading in, um, you know, ready to go. So, um, but but for for my money. Um, I haven't seen Muskegon live yet, yeah. so I'll reserve judgment. I obviously I'll send you I, over there. <laughs> you, you can you can watch the tape and watch yeah, the highlights and look at the look I at the stat sheet, and you can be pretty amazed. But for me, yeah. in the five weeks, best team I've seen by far are, are the Clarkson Wolves, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that. Um, uh, you know, leading up to the season. Well, again, and, and when we get to the PSL championship and we see Cass and King go up, you know, go up against each other, uh, that's going to be um, you know the real measuring stick mm-hmm. on on where those teams I think are going to be at because yeah. again they should be healthy because they get to play everybody uh, in these in these blowout wins that they they have. Uh, and and as, uh, as high school football players, goals. I will put Hanstetter and Ballette against Mangum. Uh, and Lou Nichols at Cast Tech. I mean, I I think that's the that's the level that those two running backs are playing at uh, playing at right now for Clarkson. Fantastic. So yeah, I agree. Uh, Muskegon is a team I need to see. You know, they've got Mona Shores on October twelfth. That should be a real one that uh, would be fun uh, to see live. That would be that would be cool. So, but I would take Clarkson against Belleville. I would take them against Cass, and I would take them against. Well, King and Cass would be a good game, but yeah. I would take yeah, Clarkson yeah. versus Belleville. Okay, so that's where we're at right now after week five. We could change that, to, you know, as it comes. Again, it's all about health. It's all about, you know, uh, continuing to just roll. But I agree. You cannot. They are the defending state champs. And until you beat them in the biggest division, um, they they are right there. But I see, but as far as rankings go, I see where, where you have them. I see that, um, you know. That, that rationale. Yeah, we started uh, him at 10, I think. Yeah, 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 exactly. Still, so yeah. that top five, I mean, again, um, 
Belleville Fortson's huge yeah. this week. So we'll get into that in the forecast. So that's going to be on Thursday. Uh, uh, we're going to take another time out here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about our, our former high school stars making an impact at the level. Quick segment as we uh, wrap up another edition of Extra Points. So stay with us. Today we'd like to talk about MHSAA concussion protocols and an insurance program that the association provides for unpaid bills following a concussion. First, game officials have no role in determining whether or not an athlete has sustained a concussion. All the official can do is advise the head coach of the possible injury. School personnel, which have the ultimate responsibility for the child, make the determination to remove the player from the playing surface and, if necessary, from further activity. A student-athlete removed and withheld from the rest of a contest may not return to play that day and is required to have an unconditional medical release to return after that. And for those families who have unpaid medical bills for concussions sustained during a school practice or competition, after personal and school insurance coverage is used up, the MHSAA offers gap insurance of up to $25,000. Find out more about concussion resources on our website at MHSAA.com. All right, thanks for coming back to Extra Point. This is our final segment of the show. Um, something I've wanted to do, I'm glad we're doing. Uh, and it's just kind of a fun thing when we talk about some former star standouts of Michigan high school football making an impact at the next level. And uh, this one is all about quarterbacks, and it's all about uh, what they did this past weekend uh, in their uh, college game. So uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, to me, you sent it, I sent a text out and thing, and you came right back that uh, J. Rue Campbell is getting it done. That's over what's at really Colorado one of the feel-good yeah. stories that yeah. that uh, maybe the state has seen in a long time. Maybe yeah. you know the whole Division Two uh, landscape yeah. across uh, across the nation right oh, now. Yeah. What J. Rue Campbell <laughs> has been able to to resurrect his career, right. resurrect yeah. his image, and what he's doing at Ferris you State can right do now. A film on his kind of like yeah. life and his yeah. struggle right now. And again, I only I root for the kid. And, so, uh, he's having you know just a riveting uh, performance after performance yeah. uh, this year, and, and and Fair State's ranked in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. number one, I think. No, well, oh, uh, the last poll I saw him had him fifth. Okay, they had okay. him fifth, but again, uh, you know, another w another win, mm -hmm. you know, uh, at Northern Michigan. Because yep. we didn't know um, where the, a couple of years ago we didn't know if this kid. I mean. All due respect to the Campbell family, but a couple of years ago, we didn't know if this kid was going to be behind bars or I behind know. center. I right. know. I know. And he's yeah. gone to community college, and uh, yep. he, uh, he's, he's really worked Bounced his way back. He worked Tony. his way to get this opportunity. Yeah. And, yeah, he's doing things numbers-wise that he was doing in high school when you see It's like video game numbers. Five touchdowns yeah. on the weekend, yep. three in the air. Well, in this... The it, it is a great story, absolutely, and that was the first one that I texted you. Yeah. The second one that I texted you, he's almost stealing the thunder from another guy in that same, in that same league. league. Yeah, yeah, in Bart Williams from yeah. Grand Blank, yeah. who was an all-state quarterback as a senior, threw 36 touchdowns. Yep, Grand um, Blank, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, from, yeah. from Grand Blank. He uh, had five touchdowns passing this week, moved past Kurt Ains as the Grand Valley career touchdown pass leader, and he's 23 yards behind Cullen Finnerty for uh, pass yards. When you're moving Through past for 382 like, this yeah, weekend, 
when you're moving past names like that, we're not talking a low bar that you're jumping. Yeah. That, those bars are high. Yeah. And the difference that he has, if you're looking down the road, uh, some of those quarterbacks who came through the Grand Valley system have been, as we talked about earlier, a little bit of a square peg, you know, some 5'11 guys, some guys who were maybe... Bart Williams, 6'5". Yeah, 6'6". Six, 6'6", six. Six, six, 230 yeah. is what they listed yeah. at now. Yeah. That's SID state measures tend to be a little little hot. but uh, <laughs> Generous. Yeah. So he might be 6'5", but yeah. even then... he prototype no, yeah. NFL size. So yeah. this is going to be one of those guys who probably gets an invite to the combine, yep. probably gets to show off, you know, and then he'll be his, his, the question will be arm strength and all of those kind of things that usually come at a D2 quarterback. But you look at the numbers and you look at the size and physical presence, that kid's going to get a shot. Yeah. Just a yeah. quick comment on, on J. Rue Campbell and, and something I noticed when he was in high school that's translating right now um, at the college level is that, you know, the, the touch that he has on the pigskin um whether you're throwing the deep route or the intermediate route or even just, you know, the, the bubble screens. Yeah. Um, he just, you know, th- that's kind of a thing that you can't touch or that you can't touch. Yeah. That's something that you can't teach. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that, uh, you know, it's no matter where you are and how you're playing, that's something that you can rely rely upon. Whether yeah. you're playing at the high school level, you're playing at the college level, or you're playing at the pro level, if you if you have that in your back pocket, it's going to bode well for you. And, and right now, it's boding really well for J. Rue Campbell, and um, he just he he, he he knows how to put that ball right you know right where it needs to be. Yeah, we had him in our top twenty-five quarterbacks over the last twenty-five years. We got guff for that. Uh, just based on you well, know, I thought you had to. I said we had a meeting, I know, and, I, and I said dude, you couldn't not put him in. There. I agreed with you again. But there were we other had people. never seen a, a freshman at the D one level take his team to the promised land, a team that had constantly underachieved, been, uh, you know, for years, and um, to be able to do that was. Uh, you know, I think granted they were in the semifinals a year before when he got there, but I mean to be able to just take the team and do what he did, it was great. I'm glad, um, and um, you know, good on Ferris State and what a program Anise has built over there. It's unbelievable. Talk about somebody who's going to get an opportunity. Yeah, it was yeah. Grand Valley, you know, yeah. not too long ago that was the juggernaut. Yep. Now it's turning into a Ferris State, yep. and uh, you get recruited by Ferris State. On both, on, on, in both big sports, in basketball too, they won yeah. the national oh, championship in basketball. Deshaun Thrower playing yeah. for both. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say one more thing about Bart Williams, who we were talking about. You said he, you know, has has the career passing victory. Mm-hmm. He's got 118 touchdown passes, and he's still got seven regular season games to go. <laughs> he might uh, bury that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's going to be uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. That 114 was the record. Yeah, yeah he's gonna he's gonna own it. Um, he's uh, he right now is in second place. He's just 23 yards behind passing yards. Mm-hmm. So 10,892 yep. is where he's at right yep. now. And uh, so again, they're 4-0. Uh, is is Grand Valley, and um, you know they're. Uh, they're doing good. So, and, and they had uh, I saw that uh, they had 16,671, third largest uh, crowd in Grand yeah, Valley State history lovers. for the Michigan Tech yeah, game. They, so. they pack them in. Yeah, no and doubt and about look what, it. Look what uh, Tyree Jackson's doing over in the MAC at Buffalo. I was I have him on my list yeah. here. Tyree Jackson, uh, if you did not see that Buffalo beat Rutgers 42 to 13. This was at Rutgers. He started the game 0 for 3. Uh, had a pick, and uh, then it was like, because he had come in on fire. Yeah. And Tyree Jackson, about midway through the second quarter, uh, just went off. And uh, just in the second quarter, 131 yards, 7-11 passing. Uh, they led 35-6 at the break. 
He finished for 263, three touchdowns, and he's just, I mean, it was like fluid motion. He's chucking and sledgehammering uh, uh, cornerbacks and safeties everywhere right now. He was was one of our Mr. Football finalists, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he is... um, The Bulls are 4-0. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basketball team, too. Yeah, right. Right? Nate Oates. Nate Oates over there. So, you know, they've had a run in the tournament. So, uh, yeah, good on them. Good on them and good on Tyree. John Wasink, I wanted to mention from Grand Rapids South Christian, uh, playing at Western Michigan. And um, he, uh, it was super hot. They were at Georgia State. You know, we had kind of nice temperatures here. It was in the 90s there, uh, and obviously a, a really tough environment. Started out kind of slow, too. Missed on the first couple passes. Went 20-25 for 236 yards, three touchdowns, and including a two-minute drill to close out the first half. Uh, and he went six of seven for 69, had a 24-yard touchdown to uh, Keyshawn Watson, and um, so good on him in uh, in their 34 to 15 uh, win uh, over. They played Georgia Georgia State. State. That's I'm sorry, Georgia Tech. Not Georgia Tech. Georgia State. Georgia State. Georgia State, Georgia State. Panthers. Yeah. State. There it is. So no, good on him. Not the rambling round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Um, so good on that. And I did want to say just one other thing to DPJ. Everyone's saying DPJ and Donovan Peoples. I, I told everyone. That he put on yeah, the punt that, return that was You have artistry. to watch the punt I told return. everyone from in the offseason, just pump the brakes on calling DPJ a bust. Yeah. You know there are plenty of players that just take a little bit of a little bit of time to develop at the next level, but he has the type of skill set that that that's not going to disappoint, and he, he, you're seeing it especially these last two weeks. He's a playmaker. Yeah. He's going to be able to make plays. I I think that his his struggles last year. Yeah, he had some dropsies, but you yeah. know when when you got to go when when you when you're a receiver expected to hit the ground running as a true freshman like and you, Cody and, White did and, yeah. okay so uh, that I'm was saying the, yeah no but that was hurt you know the perception wise yeah. that was hurting him because Cody White who was lesser thought of at the right. high school level yes. was going and doing what he was doing in East Lansing people were looking at DPJ in Ann Arbor being why aren't you doing what Cody White's doing yeah. well one of the reasons was Cody White had Brian Lewerke One and DPJ yes, had five different second, quarterbacks yeah, exactly yep. exactly so and now he's got and he and Shay now have have a have relationship. A so I just no question about it. Really this. Well. The symmetry I, is there. I'm not surprised. A lot of people were really down on him uh, in the off season and and already kind of declaring him a bust. And it just yeah. it was way way premature. And he's proven all those guys wrong. And I think by the end of the end of the day, at the end of his career at, at Michigan, he, he's gonna he's gonna be in the record books. He's, I'm not saying that he's gonna be I, the, the best receiver no. to ever come through there. Right. But his name's gonna be listed uh, on a handful of those, those right. records when right. he's done. Right. Like the like you know somebody who can definitely go like a Mario Manningham yeah. who's gone to the next level and it's yeah, had exactly. success. He's, Derek you know, Alexander. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so uh, even Braylon, you know, had, you know, was was at the next level and and, uh, and, and made his... I mean, but there's again, a reason he was a five... Gonna, he was he, a five-star and the number yes, one receiver in the, in the whole country. Right. We we had him runner-up in Mr. Football. Yeah. We, we took Cody White and in and, and that, but... Uh, he certainly ended his high school career in outstanding fashion. That catch against uh, Utica Eisenhower yeah. was amazing. He had that extra extra point catch against Celine early Cody, in the playoffs. And Cody ended Josh Jackson and Celine. Cody ended up having the the best oh, season of any Michigan State freshman receiver. I know. Am I? Uh, yeah. I believe so. Yes. yes. Yep. So yeah, you know, yeah. That, That's a kudos to Cody. That yeah. doesn't necessarily speak against. DPJ. Look. Well, and he's also in a system, too, where he he wasn't yeah. a featured yeah. receiver right. or anything. He had two receivers on the outside right. that were, right. he just got to be the extra guy. At the, I am convinced at the end of 
Peoples-Jones tenure with the University of Michigan, we're gonna be able. You're gonna be able to have a highlight reel of just him on special teams. Yeah. Not even talking about what he's gonna do on, uh, uh, you know, as a receiver. And again, if you you gotta watch the 60-yard punt return for the touchdown against Nebraska on Saturday. And then their other starting, their under, beautiful. Their other starting receiver is a is a local guy too, Grant Perry, yes. who played at Brother Rice and yep. won state championships Absolutely. and has you know developed into a, a a nice possession receiver for 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 Michigan and another one of these kids that. Um, didn't get a lot of recruiting attention and uh, had to kind of uh, cobble uh, offers together. And then at the end, uh, the very end of his senior year, Northwestern came in and then eventually Michigan came in. So, you know, another example of, uh, for, the, for these kids that are, that are getting down on themselves because they don't have the offers they want right now as a junior or a senior. It's another example of someone that, you know, things will work out the way they're supposed to work out. And I mentioned John Wasink and what he's doing uh, for – he's also got Drake Harris there yeah. with him now. So from Michigan, So the yeah. Grand Rapids South Christian, the Grand Rapids yeah. Christian kind of rivals, got that connection going. Uh, Drake Harris obviously just, just, just didn't work at Michigan. Um, and, uh, and him not being able to play his senior year is really – A lot of the, it, it was really the, the, the injury hampered him into it, college it, and it, it sure just was so. never able so to – So it's good to see him finishing off. And uh, and making things happen, he's he's having a, a nice little season uh, out there, and uh, is a nice target for for Wassing. So, all right, so that is the extra point podcast for this week. Uh, again, if you um, happen to run across you know some outstanding performances from some of our uh, former high school athletes, please go to the contact page and send me an email. Uh, you can uh, just hit us up on Twitter, or Facebook, or Instagram. You can do that too, uh, and uh, we'll talk about them because it's always fun to to get caught up with what some of these guys are doing and again with red shirts and things like that sometimes a kid you know a kid's like not six years later <laughs> yeah and he's playing you know uh and so again i, I mentioned uh ltu tyler Cole had another insane season he went to chip valley he hasn't played football in four years he took a mormon mission for two years right. and then came back here and last year they didn't play so uh you know he's um now getting a chance to to do his thing so uh again Thanks for watching the podcast. Uh, this show premieres every Monday at 5 o'clock. We'll also have uh, the football forecast on Thursday at 3. So make sure you check it out. Again, we'll talk about the games coming up this weekend. We'll give you an update uh, on if anything is changing in our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Race. So that is something for you to check out as well. And again, uh, talk to us on any social media platform you like. Hope you enjoy the show. We will see you on Thursday. Good day this week.